Hey there, and welcome to episode one of the second season of The Adoption Door. I'm your host, Andres, and if you're new to this podcast, here I discuss information and share stories that people send to me, all in hopes that it will help someone out there. I want to apologize for the delay in getting this episode out, but I do appreciate your patience and sticking with me. On this episode, I will be sharing two stories from adoptees. However, I must warn you, in this episode, there will be mention of physical abuse, drug use, suicide, and someone passing away. If you feel these topics are too much for you, stop listening to this episode now. It's perfectly okay. And for those of you who are still here, let's get into it. Because human nature dictates that no two people are alike, it only makes sense that no two adoption stories are alike. Take, for example, the following story. This one begins in Vietnam in 1976. Now, this was an interesting time in this part of the world. In case you aren't aware, this was roughly about a year after the Vietnam War, which began in 1955 and ended in 1975. Without going too far into details of the war, I will say this. It was a very dangerous and deadly time there. Basically, North Vietnam, which was and still is a communist territory, wanted to take control of South Vietnam. The South, in fact, was taken over by the North, and roughly 125,000 people initially fled the country and wound up in the United States in fear of being under the communist rule. But not all left immediately. More left the following years. And after all is said and done, the death toll from the war, including civilians, was roughly close to 4 million people. Now I'm grossly paraphrasing here, and there is obviously a lot more information that I'm leaving out, but that's a brief overview. So in 1976, just after the war, a married woman with two kids, who was told she couldn't have any more children, was in a local market. When she saw an abandoned baby girl, she decided to take her home. The couple decided to raise her as their own. The little girl, we'll call her Nicole, her parents and two older brothers moved to the United States in 1980. Her parents wanted a new life, one that was free from communism and could offer their children a better way of life. Seems normal, right? Well, for Nicole, that's where normal ends. Nicole is in her mid-40s now and has always had her doubts about whether or not she was a legitimate child of the parents she knew and loved. You're probably wondering what caused so much doubt. Well, the answer is a rather disturbing one. You see, shortly after Nicole had come to the United States, her parents had two more children, daughters to be exact. Her parents didn't have a lot of money, but her siblings were treated quite well. But that wouldn't be the case for Nicole. Beginning at the age of four, just shortly after her family moved from Vietnam and before her sisters were born, her mother began to beat her, even for the smallest infractions. The beatings would continue until she was 15, yet her siblings would go unscathed. Her mother would make her stand in the corner naked for hours on end. This would eventually stop when she was around 12, but the beatings would continue. Her mother would hit her with various objects, including, but not limited to, the handle of a brush from a dustpan. The verbal abuse was another constant in her life, also beginning at the age of four. She was told that she wouldn't amount to anything. The only solace she had in her little world was knowing that she could look forward to eventually crying herself to sleep at night. At the age of five, she decided she had had enough and couldn't take any more. Knowing that her siblings weren't being treated the same way only reinforced her perception that life didn't have to be this way. So she pointed a knife at her chest and contemplated suicide. She states that, in this deepest moment of despair, she heard a voice, which she perceived to be the voice of God, telling her not to do it. 
and that she had much more yet to do in life and would achieve great things. When she chose to live, she knew that things wouldn't change, not for a long time. And while her father intervened, he wasn't home all the time and couldn't always protect her. At the age of 15, her father left and her brothers got into trouble with the law quite often. So often, in fact, her mother became so preoccupied with her brother's issues, she didn't have time to beat or verbally abuse her anymore. Her brother's indiscretions weren't the only thing occupying her mother's mind. She had to work three jobs to make ends meet. So in a strange twist of fate, the abuse came to almost all but a mutable end. Filled with doubt, Nicole took the note of the fact that she doesn't look like anyone in her family, and given the exclusionary treatment she received, She finally decided to ask her older brother about how she became a part of the family. He told her what she had suspected all along, that she truly was found in a market in Vietnam on that fateful day in 1976. She has made many attempts to ask her mother, since her father's nowhere to be found, whether or not this story is true, but her mother refuses to answer and only becomes upset at the very notion of any doubt in calling Nicole ungrateful. After all this torture and torment, this story has a happy ending. Today, Nicole has three beautiful children from her first marriage and four from her new husband's previous marriage. And despite what her mother told her, she has succeeded. In fact, she has succeeded and persevered in every way possible. The irony is that not only did she not let her mother's words of condemnation keep her down, she used those very words to rise above adversity, put herself through school, and became a registered nurse, and has worked for the same company for the last 21 years. Nancy has tried various DNA tests to get more answers as to who she is and where she came from, but has experienced a few hiccups in the process. I might add that her sisters are a little hesitant to believe she's adopted, but that may be because her mother treated them well, and they don't want to upset her. However, whether or not she's adopted, she says that if she were younger, she would gladly consider adoption. It's important to note that she is also the most loving and kind person you could ever know and doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Her heart is all love. She even has room in it for her mother. I know what you're thinking, but yes, the same mother that nearly broke her. If that's not a testament to what forgiveness is, I don't know what is. And just like in the previous story, there are some adoptees who overcome great trials in the beginning of their lives. Some are too young to know what's happening and some are just old enough to know what's going on. This brings up the story of Haley. When she and her twin brother were born, they were addicted to meth, which certainly is not a good way to start out life. And at the age of only six months old, they were taken away from their mother and were put in a foster home until her aunt and uncle were able to take her in and adopt her. Her brother was adopted into a different family. For a while, She did see her mother on weekends, after her mother failed two drug tests and was subsequently forbidden from seeing her until she passed the drug test. When Haley was two, her mother became pregnant with another child, and unfortunately her mom fell. Luckily, both the mother and baby were okay. However, shortly thereafter, her mother's luck would run out. Just four months before Haley's third birthday, her mother took her own life while still pregnant. Sadly, the child didn't survive either. And at the age of eight, Haley found out she was adopted. She is enormously grateful to her aunt and uncle for taking her in and giving her the life she has deserved all along. She also has other siblings now and is still in close contact with her twin brother. And while not truly knowing her mom has been difficult and she has a few issues to sort out, but she feels fortunate for everything she has. The second chance has even opened her heart to the possibility of adopting. You know, when I started this podcast, I must admit I was a little naive to what other children have gone or 
are currently going through. In many respects, I have lived a rather charmed life, to which I'm grateful. I've embarked upon the podcast has really opened my eyes and has both shaken and emboldened my faith in humanity. In life, there is often a dichotomy of darkness and light, of good and evil, if you will, that exists within some. And while the darkness can break an individual, it can also give them the strength to find the light, the good, within themselves to persevere and rise above evil and hurt that surrounds them. It is this tenacity and intestinal fortitude that allows them to become the people they've always dreamed of becoming. Well, that's it for episode one of season two. Nicole, Haley, and I truly thank you for listening and giving us your time. I would like to thank both of these lovely ladies for sharing their story with us. And these were some pretty hard topics to both share and I imagine listen to. I would also like to mention that if you feel like you're in a dark place and feel like there's no way out, I assure you that there is help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, please reach out for help. I urge you to find someone you know and trust to speak to. If you'd rather speak with someone else, you can call or text the number 988 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you'd like to go to their website, it's 988lifeline.org. Once again, I'm your host, Andres, and if you'd like to share your story, you can record it yourself or write it out and email it to me at theadoptiondoor at gmail.com. You can remain anonymous if you'd like. So thank you again for your listenership, and I look forward to episode two of the second season of The Adoption Door. Until then, take care of yourself and be good to others.